following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bang! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to 86 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. This is Stank. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. Dave and I bring you brand new episodes every Monday for free on this feed. Uh, you know, we talk comic books, wrestling, TV, movies, pop culture. You bet your ass we're going to be talking about that Snyder Cut. Um, and hey, if you, you know, if you're a frequent listener of the show and you say, hey, I can't get enough of Scrump and Stank, I need some more. We'll head over to patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. We've got four different tiers. You can sign up there. Uh, you know, there's the friend of the show, patron of the show, best patron of the show, and official PWTCast member. Um, you know, if you sign up for the uh, $5 tier, you'll get the additional uh, Scrump and Stang family video. You know, so far we've done uh, Disney's 2001 Atlantis, the Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, and this week we'll be dropping a really fun episode about 1996 Fargo, which uh, I love me. I love me some Fargo. I love me some Midwestern accents, so that's always fun. Uh, and so, yeah, if you want to go ahead and sign up, go sign up over there, which, uh, hey, I should give uh, our patrons a shout out now because we have a brand new patron um you know so i wanted to shout out clifford frazier jesse kohlenberg mark villanueva joshua davis ryan mears neil flanagan shannon howanick jonathan mayer hot topic joe joe enriquez himself ryan crossley uh taffy vivian urbina and of course how can we forget uh very special friend of the show he's always you know supporting us wearing our merch he's wearing our merch in his uh profile picture as well um of course i'm about the one and only anthony torres um so thanks to everyone who signed up um i should have reached out to everyone uh about what movies and, and stuff we're going to be talking about uh so check out you know you check your dms for that um but stank uh how are you doing this week it has been it has been a weird week in that we got all four seasons this week yeah it's uh you know even today we we were out in the garage griddling up some breakfast and like we could open the garage door and it was nice out. But like we had, we had moments where it was like mid sixties. And then like two days later, like blizzard, like snow, it was insane. And now we're back to like fairly normal weather again. Uh, you know, it's, it's cliche, but that's, that's Chicagoland area for you. You know? Yeah. It's, it's very much like, kind of in talking about Fargo like it was a very much like midwestern centric like show you know, we talked a lot of midwestern stuff and like i i remember when frank and i went to san diego for some t-shirt business convention thing which i was so bummed out cuz they were like yeah you can come back next year and i was like you bet your ass um, and, and then covid happened and i'm like oh guess i well, it was fun the one year they let us go to it. Yeah. Uh, but I remember being in San Diego, and I swear to God, within 30 minutes of being there, I was looking up, like, cost of living, and I just, <laughs> oh, I wanted to move there so bad. But I don't think I could do, like, just warm weather all the time, you know? Like, I I don't know. It sounds goofy, you know, but it's like I like all four seasons. I fucking hate the snow, you know? I hate it with a passion. I just, I don't mind the cold. Like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird things where like, I I enjoy having like all four seasons, especially fall. Like I very much 
love the fall like i love the the feeling of being out you know on like a, a nice cool like yeah just like a brisk day or night or whatever it's just it's really fun but yeah no it was very weird this week like even now again literally monday it was snowing and yeah. yesterday was like in the 60s very very it was like accumulating snow too it wasn't just like regular ass snow no it was pretty well yeah um but another big thing that happened this week is and like of course we're gonna talk about it is uh snyder cut um but first you know first let's talk falcon winter soldier um just because like we you know we got to get those out of the way also hey by the way thanks for everyone who gave uh positive feedback on last week's episode last week uh we had uh steven costanzi the director of psycho gorman on and i heard a lot of people give you know real positive feedback about that um, as well as some people, uh, they reached out to me. They listened to my episode on, I, I did my buddy Michael Keefe's podcast, Edumacation, Smedumacation. Uh, a lot of people gave me a feedback about that. If you want to check that out, I, I retweeted and stuff like that. It was, again, it was supposed to be about like school and education. And it wound up me telling like stories of like friends shitting themselves and like me cutting school. So that was really fun if, if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, but Dave, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, how did you feel about it? Did you like it or, or what? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. Go, going into it, I wasn't really a big fan of uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon's like buddy dynamic. I know they, they've kind of teased that through a couple movies and stuff. But like watching the trailer, I was like, oh, they're going to force a buddy movie on us. And so I will say mostly i was like i can't wait to get to loki mm -hmm. that's where my head was but uh and same thing with like my wife and like my wife i think is getting a little bit of superhero fatigue mm -hmm. from all the stuff and she she wasn't like the biggest fan of wandavision she liked parts of it but like you know for her being a casual fan she was like this is so confused i don't know what the hell's going on so when I was like, there's another, and then she's like, oh, this is a show and not a movie. I was like, yeah, it's, it's a show. And she's like, I don't want to watch it. But she actually sat down and watched it with me and my, uh, my stepson, Jake, and we all loved it. I mean, it, it it's kind of back to like a traditional storytelling format. Um, but they really kind of tackle some stuff in there in the first issue and they, they really don't pull punches on a lot of the stuff. So, um, I, I like it and I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I heard they were only doing six episodes. Yes, so I was kind of—I was disappointed. I was like, I could use—I could use nine or twelve episodes of this, but um, you know, it was like a longer. I think it was like fifty some minutes. So, which is—I think we all agree—that's about the right amount of time for like a Disney Plus show. Yeah, I—I I was very, very happy when I saw that the first episode was like—I think it was like forty-six, forty-seven minutes. So, oh yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's like, come on all these episodes should be that long. Like that was my big the premium format. Yeah. That was one of my biggest gripes with one division. Um, yeah, it was just like the length. I'm like, I don't want 30 minute episodes. Cause like you can, you listen, you can do like a 30 minute episode. If you do it well, one of my favorite episodes in Mandalorian was when Boba Fett finally shows up and you know, they, they take Grogu and shit. Um, I'm like the Jedi over there. I like that old Jedi temple 
fantastic yeah. episode. I love that episode. That only that episode was only like thirty minutes, but from beginning to end, it was just nonstop. They, they packed in a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, this episode was like really fun, and um, we're gonna get into some spoilers for it. I I can't imagine anyone who's listening to this hasn't already watched it. If for some reason you're waiting to to binge it, um, sorry, we're gonna get into a little bit of spoilers. Um, I mentioned to you, Dave, I. I have zero qualms with suspending my disbelief for uh, Norse gods and giant purple space aliens with magic rocks and wizards. The one thing that I could not wrap my head around, just I refuse to believe, was that fucking one of uh, someone who saved the world, who's saved the world on multiple occasions, but for this instance, helped with saving the world. Uh, this last time where billions of people disappeared, that this man cannot walk into a bank and get a fucking loan for his little shrimp boat. Like, he should he should be able to walk into every single bank ever and get every loan that he wants forever. Or, like, the fact that, like, he he's fucking, he's sitting there like, oh, I guess I gotta do Uber uh, because, you know, we don't get paid. Like, it is just, it's mind-blowing to me that and like he mentions like oh you know he like here's some government contracts to do some work for them like there should have been some sort of fund to set up you know or like he should be able to just hey uh you know uh someone over at uh stark industries like i need you know i need some money to save my little shrimp boat okay thank you like i just it was so hard for me to believe that they uh, that these people have not been financially compensated and like listen you have some you know you have someone like a like, like daredevil who uh has a day job you know and that's fine but like like look at someone like dr strange like he probably has money from when he was this like uh, doctor you know like a brain surgeon i'm sure he has i'm sure he still has some of that money if not i think he probably spent it all like going to fucking find the uh you know the ancient one and stuff but like he seems to be fucking doing fine um I would say in a traditional comic book sense, I would get where that maybe it would be hard to compensate someone only because there's a lot of people protecting their secret identity. But in like this Marvel cinematic universe, almost everyone is a known, they're known by their civilian name, maybe with the exception of like Spider-Man. But like, other than that, I can't imagine anyone that's like holding a secret identity where, you know, it would be like, like, I can understand Peter Parker go, going in and be like, "Can I get a loan?" And they're like, "You're you're like 17, dude," and he can't say, "Well, I'm Spider-Man, so you should get," you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, very much like uh, like Falcon is, they know who he is. Oh, maybe Winter Soldier, they might not know who he is, but no, they know they do know who he is. Yeah, you know what? They know who everyone is. So yeah, I mean, in that sense, that doesn't make sense. It. it I also feel like especially in today's climate, people would be setting up GoFundBees, all sorts of, you know, there there would be maybe temptations to do corporate sponsorship or, you know, you would have a philanthropist that maybe had the the wealth level of a Tony Stark but just wasn't, like, a hero. They would say, you know what, we got to get these guys paid. I, I got to imagine someone would do that. Yeah, so that, I mean, again, that that part was, like, a little weird for me. Um, but the, uh, other things I enjoyed about enjoyed about the show, and then, listen, it's not like oh I hate the show now. That was just like weird to me, where I was like, yeah. huh? 
Um, and like his sister too was just like his sister was kind of a bitch. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> like yeah. this guy's trying to help you, and she's just like, no, no, no. Like we're gonna sell this shrimp boat, and it's just like, dude, chill. Like, just yeah, relax. Um, but. Uh, one thing I loved was, and specifically with WandaVision and with this show, is like it's crazy to me that like Marvel's first two forays into TV, they've been it's such a like a big light on mental health, you know, because you see Bucky dealing with his PTSD. Um, yep. Also, I, I, I need, I want. If there was a whole show where it, it was just revolved around Bucky talking about his experiences on Tinder, oh my god, I would, I would love that because that was adorable. Where he was just like. Uh, um you know kind of talking about his experiences on tinder and stuff um but uh yeah i like you know they focus on his ptsd and clearly how he's trying to become a better person because um as he kind of talks about it's like uh he was pardoned you know by the by the united states government clearly yeah. because of the events that happened um you know with thanos and everything so it's it, it is a big deal for him to like he, and he wants to be you know he wants to be a better person that's why he he spent time himself in wakanda kind of trying to just like rehab and get his brain fixed for you know basically what you know what happened to him he was being brainwashed um but no like again i enjoyed this first episode like i kind of felt that the the ending was a little underwhelming because like anyone who's seen any sort of promotion material anywhere knows that uh u.s agent was you know yeah. That, yeah wyatt russell was gonna take over as the mantle for captain america um but no i'm i'm excited i'm excited to see what comes next you know we had a fun little cameo by uh uh what's his face uh colonel rhodes fucking don Cheadle. Yeah. um that was fun uh i'm i'm excited you know like it well, you know you even talking about uh you know bucky's therapy part of it is like part of his therapy is to make amends for all the wrongs that he did and so he's found creative outlets like he's he's done some wrong to people that are still doing wrong so like there's that whole i'm still fighting injustice but i'm also making amends but then you know again spoiler alert there's a scene where he's hanging out at a sushi restaurant with this really old uh japanese guy and there was and for, for some reason i didn't put two and two together and i'm normally pretty hawkish about stuff like this but he had a dream that he was explaining to his therapist and you know it was clearly a memory where he killed a, a young japanese student and you find out that it's that it was that guy's son and so it was him trying to work up the courage to maybe make amends and he just couldn't do it i like the idea of this and, and him as a character too not only was he brainwashed but then after he kind of broke it he had to go into hiding for a while and just seeing someone like that who in the same way that captain america was like a man out of time he's now trying to reintegrate himself into society and not be like you know a shitlord mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh he's finding it he's finding it tough to reconcile his old life uh that he was kind of forced into and now you know he's free he's pardoned but he's not really free from like his past demons so um yeah there's all kinds of promise in this show and like i said like the most disappointing thing is finding out there's only six episodes no definitely but i think i mean listen if episode one is any sort of indication um i definitely think that like the next the next few episodes will be you know 
well worth like the well worth it as as opposed to, and some people enjoyed one division like you know i i particularly didn't for the most part um but they are like two different shows you know this one is more clearly rooted in action as you can tell from like the opening action sequence which is like a, you know like the first 10 minutes of the show or whatever the fuck it is um a lot of shooting a lot of bang bang and flying men in squirrel suits uh but st pierre <laughs> yeah yeah george st pierre reprising his role from a uh, winter soldier which is always fun uh, but yeah no I, if you haven't checked it out go ahead definitely go and check it out um we got to talk about it uh or you should you know should we wait till after the the interview to to, to talk yeah. about Snyder Cut? Okay, yeah, because yeah, we'll probably really go dig on. into it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll probably go into it for a little bit. Um, yeah, so hey, uh, this week's episode, uh, we got to talk to Terry Reynolds a while back, and uh, the audio is not the best. Uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, make it sound as uh, picture clear for the for the Ryan Mears of the world. Um, <laughs> you know uh in the drugs delaney of the world shout out drugs delaney we love drugs delaney as well yeah um but yeah it, you know we, we had a, a fun interview with her you know she talked about um like all these like fucked up like youtube videos that she likes to watch which is yeah. always fun because it, like it, listen everyone falls down the youtube rabbit hole uh everyone does you know whether it, and yeah. it, it's always interesting to to find out what it is that they're watching because some people will like you know oh i i fucking i watch uh you know russian hard bass music videos and some people are like oh yeah i rewatch uh intros for old tv shows um from the 80s and some people like watch these like fucked up like murder stuff or like conspiracy stuff and it's just you know hey shout out youtube i guess is what i'm saying but you know we kind of get into that with her um kind of just what she's been up to uh we talk about her time uh on uh what was that um the weakest link it's it's a pretty yeah it's it's a pretty fun interview again there were some audio issues so I'm going to do my best to you know make sure that you guys get the most of this interview um, with Terry because she's a very sweet person you know really love talking yeah, to her I love Terry oh yeah she's she's very awesome and like she she kind of falls into that category of some people that like I because of when I started watching wrestling I'm not too familiar with um, but. You know, like once I actually get the chance to talk to him, I'm like, oh shit, this person's actually like pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah. So we'll go ahead and get into the, the interview with uh, Terry Three this week, and then we'll be talking uh, our thoughts on the on Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut uh, directly after the interview. Um, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode with Terry Reynolds. <laughs> Dave, I'm very happy to have this week's guest on, uh, because rarely do we ever have anyone who's been on a game show, let alone The Weakest Link. And as someone who grew up without cable, that was a show I watched plenty of times. Uh, you know, she's uh, managed, she's a big figure in the world of women's wrestling. She's managed the likes of Gold Dust, the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christians, the Radical. She's even a former hardcore champion, which they, they didn't let a lot of women win that belt, but, you know, she was lucky to do so. Um, you know, on... January 22nd, 2018, when Raw did their 25th anniversary special. She was one of the women that were featured, again, as very prominent to the success of women's wrestling, uh, along with a bunch of other women, you know, in the world of wrestling. Uh, We're very happy to have her on. We had quite the wonderful chat about uh, weather early on, which, 
list with us living in Chicago, we get 17 different seasons. Uh, so uh, without any further ado, you guys, uh, Terry Reynolds. Terry, how are you doing today? Alberto, I'm doing wonderful. It's I'm, I'm really happy to chat with you guys. And yeah, we, we just were talking about the fact that I just came back from Amarillo and it was for me, it was beautifully cold. I love the cold. Um, I was hoping for snow, but it, it, it escaped me. And um, yeah, and you guys were talking about you love the heat. But let me let me say this. I love your intro because no one ever mentions the weakest link. So that was pretty funny. That was funny. Well, yeah, it's so I, when I got into wrestling, it was a little bit late. It was around like 2004 that I got into it. And one of the. Oh, dear God, that's when I retired, dude. <laughs> well, one of the things that I did was like, you know, I would have a friend or a family member, someone be like, oh, you know, uh, wrestlers were on this show or that show. And I was just like, wait, what? And I had to like go search it out. And right. so there was like a few years of me just going back. And, you know, with starting in 2004, there's so much for me to go back on. But and again, basically, like, you d- you did your homework, is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, I did my homework, and yeah. I did remember. If, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, you were out like in the fourth round or what? Some something similar to that. But Dude, I, which is not too all shabby. I, all I all I cared about was that I was not out in the first round. Yeah. And you know, I, it's crazy because I love my guns, and the fact that I said AR instead of AK. For the, for the gun that the, the the question well I was just like so embarrassed that you know yeah it was it was just terrible but anyway it was it was a fun thing to do and we all had a blast on that one well I I got to imagine with with like a game show like that it's like you mentioned you don't want to be the first one out like as long God as, forbid yeah God forbid do you guys wait do you guys remember who was the first I don't even remember who was the first one out. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know it was it was Kane that won, if I'm remembering correctly, right? I I don't think so. No. I, but I don't I don't remember. But let me let me say this to you. Um, I remember <laughs> be, being mad at myself for another reason because I forgot to always say like the bank where you where you save like mm-hmm. the, the and I I never remembered to do that. So I was like I sucked. At that, a lot of the other wrestlers they they did that immediately. That like that was the first thing they did. Um, I was just over there panicking over. Oh my God! Please God, let me answer this question right. Well, can, can I tell you? Uh, like I actually tried out for uh, Wheel of Fortune. So like, stop it, Alberto. No, this is Dave. <laughs> oh, Dave! Yeah, it's oh okay. shit! <laughs> shit! 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 And we just went over the whole. Oh my God! It's all okay. right. I'm sorry. So, you know, we're all in this big auditorium and we're all basically playing Wheel of Fortune and, you know, by sheer luck, there were like two letters on the board and I guess it was Symphony Orchestra. Um, Oh, wow. And so they brought me up and what I didn't realize was that you had to have a routine. Like, people were dancing, they were singing, they were doing like basically a talent show and I had no idea. And so, Wait, stop, 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 Dave. Yeah. So you're telling me that on Wheel of Fortune, you don't get on unless you can do some kind of Broadway vaudeville number. I'm, I'm not sure if it was an unspoken rule, but I think it was like a personality test to see if you were like wow. affable on okay. camera. And so I went up there and there were a couple people that had solved puzzles before me. 
And they had like a whole routine. They was, people were telling jokes about their family, and I was completely unprepared. So, oh bless you! It was my turn to get up there, and I totally whiffed it. And they said, "We'll we'll call you if we need you." And I never got a call back. So, uh, I definitely know what it's like to be up there, and then you just kind of like freeze. You know, your brain goes to mush a little bit. So, see, that's one. That's one of those. You, you, you got the old. Uh, don't, you yeah. got the old. Don't call us. We'll call you thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. See, that's one of the things. Like I've, bless I, you. I've not really talked about it, but there was a there's a show on AMC a few years back. It's called The Comic Book Men. It was essentially uh, what was the 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 one show where they would go, they would show up and try to like sell things. It was like Pawn Stars. It was essentially Pawn Stars, but like in a comic book store. And uh, okay. someone I knew was like, "Oh, they're you know people are like auditioning for it and stuff." So I submitted like an application for it, and then eventually a woman gets back to me, and she's like, "Hey, you know, we we looked at what you said, and it sounds great." And I'm like, "Perfect." She goes, "You just have to do like a five a five minute video, no more than five minutes, just talking about yourself and why we should pick you and all this stuff." And I I wound up doing that. It was myself and one of the managers over here at the shop. And first off, you think five minutes? Okay, I can do that. But like, oh my god, it felt. It felt like it took forever for me to sit there and just talk about myself to in front of a camera, no, you know, no less. And then that finally goes through, and then you bring up the talent portion. They're like, "Well, is there anything?" And I'm just sitting here like, "What?" <laughs> like I watch this show. Yeah. No one ever comes in like with a tap dancer tap dancing, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, I want to, you know, sell you my collection of comic books." And so as soon as they said that, I was just like, yeah. "I was like, I'm, I'm all of a sudden not interested in appearing on this show because." Uh, much like Dave, I I don't have any fancy damn dance numbers in me. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like it sounds like you guys are a whole lot more than just t-shirts. So I'm impressed already. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Um, well, it's kind of in speaking. Um, you know, we we know about your podcast. You do it uh, on Twitch, and that's something that actually Dave and I aren't familiar with. Um, wait, 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 um, it's not a podcast. It's a it's live, a live stream. stream. A live stream. Yeah. A live stream on Twitch. Dude, <laughs> live stream is where – and let me, let me tell you why that's so important to me, the difference between the two. Um, just like right now, this is a podcast, mm -hmm. and I can look like crapola, and you guys don't even know it. Um, when I do my live stream, nine times out of ten, I put on smoke and mirrors, which I call my makeup and hair. Um, there's a, a occasionally where I will go on sans, sans makeup, sans hair, and I look like an albino because I am a natural redhead. So my eyelashes are white. My, all the hair on my body is like white, blonde, um, except the hair on my head, which ironically I started dying because Vince wanted me to have my hair blonde. Um, and now the reason I don't dye it back or I, that I don't let it go back to my normal natural red is because I have this massive gray spot and I feel like, okay, you can't see it as much when you have really blonde hair as you can if you had red hair. So I just keep it blonde because I am old and graying. So yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, there's a big difference to me betwixt a podcast a live stream because <laughs> it means it means like an hour of my time to get ready for it and tonight i if you only could see me I, you would just be like damn 
she is not looking good at all. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the, you know, with the live stream, like that's something Dave and I have kind of like, oh, maybe we should, but you factor that in like you have to you know you have to look presentable there's and, no edits yeah much like yeah. like i am in work. i love that though you guys understand this because i literally my entire adult life i have worked for live television mm-hmm. so it was cnn mm-hmm. first that was live everything was live right then wrestling um that wasn't live initially but with WWE, everything was live on Monday night. And so I'm just so used to that um, adrenaline and that excitement. And I love that. Like, I love if I fall on my face, um, whether – I mean, thank God. I mean, I wrestled in high heels and, and street boots and stuff that had – yeah. Go back and find anyone that did what I did in high heels in the ring. You won't find anyone. But anyway um, – but I, I just I I love um, when I do my live stream and I do it every Sunday, Monday and Wednesday, starting at 730 Eastern Standard Time. I love the fact that whatever I do or say, that's just it. It's just it is what it is. Good, bad or different. So, that, yeah, I just I love not being taped. I, I love it. And there is something liberating cool. about that too. Cause like <laughs> Dave and I, there are certain times where like I, I'm the one who edits the show. So sometimes, you know, I'm like, Oh, we said, you know, we'll we, do some takes. I'm like, I'm like yeah. we flubbed this or this sounded like a little silly, but when you're doing it live, it's just, you got to recover. Yeah, it's, it's out there. And sometimes like Dave yeah. and I will just, just, I don't know, for fun, we'll sit down and be like, we're going to, from beginning to end, we're just going to record. There's going to be no editing and just we'll go. <laughs> and there is something like a little like you're on the edge of your seat because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to say something that makes you sound silly or look silly. But I think and probably same thing with yourself is you build an audience of people who who you get to know. And it's like these like weird they're like your Internet friends who, you know, for better or worse, are there supporting you. And like, I think one of the things with like it sounds like you do it pretty consistently if you're doing it three times weekly so it and it might be the same case with us where it's like if we say or or something on the podcast that you know out of context like if you don't really know us you might be like oh like look at these two fools but there are people who are just like that's just dave and you know that's just dave and alberto you know being silly do you find it like again just the live aspect now being easier as opposed to when you were on like monday nights having to worry about you know all the millions of people on tv as opposed to you know the like probably the thousands of people that are watching your stream um of course it was much a much bigger deal when you are in an arena with thousands and thousands of fans and then you also realize that you are in front of millions of people um and if you trip and fall well by god you just trip and fall like that's just the way the cookie crumbles right so yeah of course of course that was more um uh, like nerve-wracking but um yeah i just i just love the relationship i have with my fans on my live stream because um there's never like there's never the same kind of show sometimes we are serious like like we've we've covered suicide and really dark subject matters that that there was no laughing there's no you know there's none of that um and then we've had silly and just 
you just never know. And a lot of the time, um, the the fans will dictate the direction that I that I let the show go in. Um, sometimes we watch videos. Sometimes they are. I am a YouTube addict, and I watch weird crap. And so sometimes I will pick a couple of videos that I've watched and like take them down the rabbit hole with me. And then sometimes we watch wrestling videos and talk about that. And then sometimes we don't do videos at all. We just talk. Here's, here's kind of the way I look at it. Like if I miss a couple of my live streams, I try to make it up for my fans by doing um, like a 12 hour marathon, which I've done a couple of times because I don't want them to be um, sitting there going, okay, Listen, bitch, you told us you're Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and we've missed three of them because you haven't been on. So, yeah, I, I just try to, to give them um, my best. And sometimes when I can't make it via travel, like whether it's, you know, because of travel or just life circumstances, um, you know, like right now I owe them a, a marathon. I'm not sure when I'll do it because I've got some more travel coming up. I'm actually flying to Chicago to, um, well, initially I was going to surprise this fan and friend and the, one of my moderators on my uh, stream. Um, his name is Rodney Robinson, and he has been either in a wheelchair or a hospital bed for basically 50 years of his life, and he's 53. Um, and he's just he's precious um he does not have any mobility with anything other than he has one um one of his fingers that he can use to type with and that's it and the guy never complains he's just he's just precious i call him my press um so i'm going to initially i was going to surprise him but i'm he he overheard his brother um let, let me pause for a moment and say this. His mother always took care of him. She passed last year. So he has a brother and thank God he does, you know, and he went to stay with his brother. And um, so um, he over, I, I found out his brother's number cause I wanted to, you know, orchestrate this surprise, but he overheard his brother saying um, O'Hare airport. Oh, no. And then I, I had told him, that I had ordered him um, an early birthday present and it was going to arrive on March the 5th. And then he heard, he heard O'Hare airport. So yeah, he put two and two together and he's like, are you coming to see me? I was like, you little shit. Yeah. Yes, I am. Mm. Well, that's, that's but, but be a anyway, nice surprise though. Yeah. Right. Anyway. So, so I go to see him and then, um, I fly from Chicago to Charlotte to do a, another virtual signing with high spots on the ninth. So yeah, when stuff, when, when I'm busy and I'm traveling, it's hard for me, you know, to do my typical live stream, but uh, a bit to my fans. So. Well, I think the one benefit, like you mentioned, like the high spots, uh, li the, the live one that they're doing and as well with like your live stream is, like right now with COVID where you can't just, you know, hey, we're going to host WrestleCon or something. Everyone come by. 
that's one of the things you can still keep in touch because like as much as like the internet can be a tool sometimes to like you know like people are just really shitty on there the one positive is like and clearly you know you're someone who you have a good relationship with your fan base like it is nice to still be able to like keep in touch and like kind of host these kinds of things because that is one thing again like since the pandemic is so many so many more people have either started up like live you know live shows on twitch or podcasts and like that's you know again one of the benefits of the internet but you mentioned that you know you're you're addicted to youtube and i know dave over here he loves him some youtube also he's always sending me random things as well like what are some of these like weird rabbit holes that you've gone down because like again sometimes it's just like oh here's this like cool you know like music video or something from some other country and i don't really understand what's going on but you know it looks like they're having fun but then sometimes you find these like weird like mystery videos or you're just like you know you know it's some like going on yeah some sort of like unsolved murder or something from like 20 years ago and like i know i'm i'm someone who uh, like uh recently netflix put out uh was the elisa lamb it was this woman who you know she she goes missing they find her like uh dead at a hotel and like i discovered that but just looking through random like videos like that on youtube but what are some of like those videos that you know like you mentioned you go down the rabbit hole and find well first of all let me just say that um i now count dave as my brethren as if i didn't before um because he loves to go down the youtube rabbit hole so hey dave we are brother and sister at this point okay um even if we weren't before but actually i believe that we were before because we've worked with each other for so long. Um, but, um, so yeah, I will go down and this is really not, I don't know how to call it, but like, I'll, I love watching interrogations or, or interviews with like serial killers or like, I'm going to say this and this is the God's honest truth. Um, Richard Kuklinski, the they called him the Iceman. I can, and I don't look at him, but I can listen to him and fall asleep so easily. And that is so weird to me. Like, how do you how do you listen to a freaking fracking murderer of so many people and fall asleep? Like, what the hell? But then I'll like watch. Um, something on someone that's killed someone and then I'll go down that path and then it ends up leading me to um images of from the cops of of the death and it's like you see these god awful pictures of excuse me of people almost decapitated or like all of their like wounds and the way they were found the police and I'm just like, have, have I lost my mind? <laughs> that, that I am like, look at Spola. Yeah, no. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I actually, when I go on YouTube, I actually love watching interrogations. That's like, my wife thinks it's very weird because, you know, we're both working from home and I'll have YouTube on. But uh, there's a couple uh, like channels that I watch. One's called like That Chapter, and there's like an Irish guy that kind of goes over murder cases and he gives you like the overview, but he'll also give you know interrogation views and i'll i'll be listening to some of these crazy people and i'll think oh that's where they made a mistake right there or oh i I could tell this person's lying yeah that true crime stuff is really intriguing so oh well like you mentioned terry too like yeah and and you know 
I'm sorry, go ahead. No, sometimes it's like seeing like uh, photos from like the crime scene and things like that. Like, I think there is something to us where like we know, like, these are things that we shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. You know, it's like, by all accounts, it's like, unless either of us are cops, and I don't, I'm, I don't think any of Definitely. us are, you know, it's like, you shouldn't be looking at these things, but there is something like, like a taboo. Yeah, where you're just like, oh my God, because there's, there's like this Instagram channel too that I, or the page that I follow that's called Nature is Metal. And it is literally just like, oh, here, like, like animals just being shitty to each other. Like, they'll be like, oh, here's a jaguar just going into a river and pulling an alligator out and just it runs up a tree with it, you know, or like, here's a lion chasing down like a gazelle or something like that. And these are, again, things that like, unless we live in those environments, you're not going to see. But very similar to like when you look at these like gruesome like murder scene like photos, it's like, I know I shouldn't. But well. I was actually going to say, you know, speaking of animals, uh, I didn't know if I was going to bring this up, but last time I talked to you, Terry, you told me that you had a baby squirrel between your boobs because you were rescuing Aww, a baby squirrel. I mean, Dave, how did Dave, you, how did you I get have into something. That? Um, well, okay, that was our, when I say our, mine and Dakota's. Um, um, I first rescued my first squirrel back in 2006, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Dakota had the next two when, and when I say she had the next two, um, even though we were in the same home, squirrels are pretty much, they, they like one owner, you know, they, they really get, um, attached Mm -hmm. to one owner. Mm -hmm. And so, um, here's the sad thing, little survey that, that I, we, and we, again, we, Dakota and I, we never had a squirrel that like young. Mm-hmm. He didn't have mm-hmm. any hair on him. Um, he was brand spanking new. He lived for six days. And the thing that I hated most about it was when I went to fly out to Amarillo, um, Dakota was going to babysit him for me. And um, he died in her care. And she was just like devastated because she's like, Mom. Um, I, you know, she just kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And we tried everything and we, you know, we tried to give him a resuscitation with, you know, like little pats to his chest and blowing air in him and like everything. And I was like, Dakota, you know, you of all people know how to take care of a squirrel and you know, it's not your fault, but God love her. She finally, after about four days stopped, um, blaming herself and um ironically enough that you asked me that question my mother i'm at her home right now she literally this morning at 8 a.m she brought me she said do you do you you know can you take care of the squirrel um one of the cats just grabbed it and it was ice cold i again put it in my boobs because that's you know heat and then put my hand over that and then put covers over that so it you know would start to warm up and its heartbeat went from like every five seconds and then it went up to four and then to three and then to two and then every one second and I was like oh my god this little you know I didn't know what the sex was because I did not take time to look I just immediately started warming it up so it would live and um then after about an hour, the heartbeat started going down and down and down, and then it died. And it ended up being a little girl squirrel. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, at this time of year, it's very common for, you know, this is when baby squirrels are born and um, it's very common for them to fall out of the nest or, you know, if a tree gets cut down, you know, they fall. And the the good thing about little Servi, and then I, of course, I didn't name this little girl this morning because I didn't have her long enough to name her, but um, they, at least they both died warm and not being chewed to death by, you know, an animal or not being frozen to death or whatever. So, um, you know, you have to look at the, the positives, not the negatives. So, yeah. Um, but I, I am open to always open to, to rehabbing a, a squirrel. So, yeah. But I, I want to go back to something. Um, Shazam. This is what happens when you're old, you guys. You, your your train is chugging down the track, and then if you don't say it the minute you think of it, then you're like, "What the hell is I going to say?" Oh, it happens. It happens with us all all the time. Where we're what, having. What, go go ahead. No, it'll happen all the time with me and Dave where we're having a conversation about one thing and then it's not until we post the episode and they're like, hey, you started talking about uh, completely forgot. about this one thing and then you know it completely yeah. derailed into another thing and I'm like, oh, did we? I'm like, yeah. I have no idea. Um, yeah, and, and what, what I should probably do is not say, okay, go ahead. <laughs> when you guys are talking, I should probably say, let me get this out before I forget it. Um, but I made the mistake of saying, go ahead. Um, but yeah, what were we talking about right before the squirrel question? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> All right, hold on. I, I, I sense it coming back. <laughs> hold on a second. Why, oh my God. You guys were specifically we're talking about like the crime shows. Yeah, true crime. I've, oh, okay. Don't, don't say anything else. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, I don't remember, but listen, if it comes back to me. I'm going to interrupt just you guys, cut, so just, just be right aware. Yeah. If, I, if I interrupt you, just know that it's hit me all of a sudden. Did I talk about um, – did I say anything about watching autopsies? No. No. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that was what I was talking about. So, so like, I would go from – oh, okay. I remember. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There were two things I wanted to say. One of them was inevitably – um, like murder stories will lead me to watching autopsies, which blows my mind because I'm freaked out about death and dead people. Like I am scared of dead people, like dead people can't hurt you, but I'm scared of them. Anyway. Um, the other thing I wanted to, to tell you guys was I've been watching um, a case and I'm going to pull it up really fast while I'm saying this to you so I can get the right date. Um, um, Hold on one second. But it's this mother and father that have this child, and I think it was only like 15 months old, if that. And the mother basically, they're both on drugs. The mother kills it, um, abuses it. Like just there, there's, there's so many different um, things that she does to it that they can tell this wasn't a fresh wound. This was an old break in a bone or whatever. And then the husband helps her like conceal the death and drop the baby down a well in all this elaborate covering. And so this biatch 
literal and, and and they tried the husband and the wife at the same exact time with two separate lawyers and it's intriguing to me because this bitch I, I can't even call her biatch I have to call her a bitch um she feigns crying the entire time and not one ounce of saline solution ever drops from her eyes over the course of the entire trial. And that just makes me want to do the same thing to her that she did to the baby. But I loved also, I love a good prosecutor and there's this female prosecutor and I can't, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it really fast. Her name is Julie Hutchinson. Um, yeah, go, go, go YouTube that. Go YouTube um, the mother Jessica Groves um, being being questioned by Julie Hutchison, and you will love that prosecutor and you will hate that mother. Anyway, yeah, so things like that. Um, just yeah, I just go down the rabbit hole. But anyway, back to where we were, and I appreciate you guys <laughs> letting me go back and get back on the track of my train. So no, of course we we totally <laughs> all, all understand what it's like to just uh, get derailed like that. Um, but sort of just like uh, as, as we wind down here, uh, we, again we mentioned that you were a very prominent figure like in the world of women's wrestling. You know, like you mentioned you were there at a time where you had to wrestle like in heels and, and boots like that, and you know you said not a lot of people... and don't forget thongs. Don't forget thongs. And, and Nobody thongs. has to wrestle in thongs. <laughs> well, like, what what is it? What is it like for you knowing then? Like, you know, unfortunately, you were you were in a spot where, like, now you know, with the women's wrestling, they treated it uh, more so. You know, like with the men's, you see, like it was WrestleMania, I believe, like two years ago, where they had like the women main event. You know, they treat it more respectful. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. What, what is it like yes. for you now, seeing you know, like the girls get that sort of opportunity? Well, first of all, I'm happy. Um, that they can wear whatever they want to wear and, you know, not have to show their ass and not have to do stupid matches like um, paddle on the pole matches and gravy matches and pillow fight matches and, you know, just stupid shit. But, um, and, and let me clarify this too. I love my family at WWE. Um, that will always be family. And, um, so, you know, sometimes you disagree with family, but you don't stop loving them. So I love my WWE family. Um, always have, always will. Um, but here's what blows my mind, Alberto and Dave. You guys, you've never seen a woman wrestle that had not ever been trained to wrestle and taught what to do a mere hours before going on live TV in front of millions of people and the live arena and having to execute those moves that you were just taught a few hours ago and, and, and wrestle. And I used to beg Vince. I was like, when, when he first asked me to wrestle, I was like, dude, I, I just, I don't want to, I'm not trained. I don't I don't want to do it. I don't like, I love managing. I love taking bumps from the guys, but I don't want to wrestle other women. There's all these women that have gone and been trained for years. They deserve a chance to be, you know, a wrestler 
I don't want to be a wrestler. Like, don't make me be a wrestler. And so, you know, I would be mortified, scared to death at gorilla position. But then the minute I walked out, you know, out of gorilla position onto the Titantron, um, I tried my damnedest to look like that I was like, whether I was a heel or baby face, like I was comfortable in my skin and I tried to do the matches as best I could. Um, but you know, sadly enough, when you are someone like me, um, they had to teach me this move, this move, this move, and this move. Like it was like memorizing a dance. So oftentimes in live television, they, you know, they need you to go home early or they need you to drag it out a little bit. Well, they had, they didn't have that luxury with me because I couldn't, I couldn't do anything on, on the, on the, you know, ad lib. I had to do exactly what they had taught me um, hours earlier. And so they were stuck with me. It's like, oh crap. Okay. Well, Terry's wrestling and we can't go home early and we can't drag it out. It's just got to be what it's got to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, yeah. And then on top of that, you know, what I had to wear and, you know, it, yeah, it was just, I was just, when I got to TVs and I knew that I was managing versus wrestling, oh my gosh, my day was just made. I was just so happy and yeah. So I don't know if I just answered your question or if I veered off the track, but. Well, no, as, as someone who wasn't trained to wrestle and you came in as a manager, um, the fact that your career was notable enough for them to bring you back on the anniversary show and say, this is one of the people that kind of helped lay the foundation of women, women's wrestling is really remarkable because you know, I was I was younger when you were on TV, and you know I'm sure you were part of a lot of young adolescent boys' life. But outside of that, you went out of your comfort zone, um, and I th I think your career speaks for itself. I mean, you're still a name that's remembered, and you're clearly one of the most beautiful women in wrestling. So God that worked you. out that worked out pretty well mm -hmm. for you. Um, on on top of that, like last time I talked to you, because of that, like in that era, there was a lot of. Uh, it was very risque for the women. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned this to me before, but, like, they were really trying to throw out Playboy pictorials for a lot of people. And that's, yeah. that's something that you famously declined. Um, yeah. And you told me why, and, like, I figured maybe you could share that with everyone that's listening, but, like, you had a very specific reason why you chose not to, even though you probably could have made a lot of money doing it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I Dakota was a year and a half old when I came up with the concept of Marlena, um, came up with it in our tanning bed in our basement where our gym was. And um, Dustin was on the road at the time. And so everything having to do with Marlena was a concept of mine. And um, again, I started when D Dakota was a year and a half old. She would fly with me you know, all the time until she got old enough to go to school. But, um, my whole thing was, how do I tell my daughter to be a lady and, you know, and give her instruction from a mom to a daughter and say, it's very important for you to be a lady and this is why and whatever. 
and then it, she sees a, a magazine where I'm showing my cooch and and by the way, whatever I say tonight, she's 27, so she can handle it. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, it's like I can't tell her to do that and be that, and then one day she's gonna like, uh, you know, ultimately someone's gonna say, oh. Well, your mom was in Playboy with her you know, legs spread and whatever. So, yeah, I just – there was no way I could do that to her. Um, you know, Rena Mero, Rena – what's her name now? Lesnar. Thank you. Yeah. Rena Lesnar, um, you know, she had no problem doing that, and she had a kid. But um, I, I did have a problem. I was the oldest – I was the one that had the child. Nobody else had a had a child, you know, when I was working, and um, I, I just couldn't do that to Dakota. But ironically enough, you mentioned that, Dave, because we are about to do a new T-shirt with the most naked I ever was, barring you know, with with me not doing Playboy, and I still think it is. Um, I think it's elegant and beautiful and it doesn't show a damn thing, but it's very, it's, it's like very naked without being naked. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Uh, when you said, Oh, I'm going to send you the artwork for it. I was like, Oh, feel free. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there is a distinction between being provocative and, uh, showing the whole kit and caboodle. So to Kit speak. and caboodle. I love that you just used that term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Terry, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to us. Um, you know, before we leave, uh, where can people find, um, you know, your, your live stream and just find you on social media? Everything is the Terry Runnels. So if it, if it's not the Terry Runnels, oh, oh, with one exception, Facebook, my, my fan page is run by, my best friend, Martin Duggan, and that is verified on Facebook. Ironically enough, when um, when I was on Twitter, I changed the 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 I'm a big believer in capitalizing the, the first of every word so people can more easily see you know what it is that you're saying. Um, and when I first came onto Twitter ages ago, I typed it in as lowercase the Terry Reynolds. So when when um, Raw 25 happened and I realized, oh, my God, everything's lowercase, I changed it with capital T for the, capital T for Terry, capital R for Reynolds, and Twitter unverified me. I was verified, and then they unverified me, and they have not verified me since, um, which just pisses me off to no end. Because, like, why? Why would you not? Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I, I am at the Terry Runnels on Twitter. However, I am unverified because Twitter said you capitalized three letters and we no longer believe that you're real. <laughs> so, well, we'll, yeah. we'll, talk, we'll talk to Jack Dorsey of Twitter, the uh, the founder. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll tweet at him, try to get you back that verification. Please, I beg of you. It's ridiculous. But yeah, uh, every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, um, live stream, and that's at um, www.twitch.tv forward slash the Terry Reynolds. Terry, we appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us. And yeah, we look forward to, uh, you know, to your Twitch. If I could, I would recommend on Netflix, there is... Uh, 
it's like a three part like mini documentary because and telling us what you like on YouTube, I'm pretty sure this will be right up your alley. It's called Don't Fuck with Cats. Dude, um, I've watched it. I love it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Dave over here recommended it to me one day and Dude, by it's pe- the best. I was like, "Oh, you know what? Let me watch this. Let me watch one episode of this before I go to bed." And I stayed oh, yeah. up till like six in the morning just watching the oh, yeah. entire thing. So, oh yeah, you, you, yeah, you can't turn away. I I highly recommend Ozark. I highly recommend um, Ratchet. I highly recommend um, what else is it that I love on there? Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, you you can't stop watching. Um, don't fuck with cats once you start. Yeah, that's a great. And I love that the dude doesn't get away. In the end, <gasps> what did I? I just did a spoiler. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, it's okay. It's been out for a while. They can read up on the case. Right. But uh, thank you, Terry. We'll yeah. uh, we'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, thank you again for for taking the time to talk to us. All right, guys. I love you, Dave. I appreciate you and Alberto. It was nice to meet you. It was audible. Love you too. It was a pleasure to meet you too. All right. You enjoy the rest. All right, of ciao, your day. guys. Okay. Ciao. Bye. for that interview uh, I love that she was just like oh no I've seen don't fuck with cats because that's definitely that's definitely something that I try to put everyone onto like it is still like it's very much in like the same vein of uh like you, like you know how there's like some movies where you watch and like that there's like the, the the twist ending and you're just like what the fuck like it very much gets me all, like whenever I talk about it and bring it up because like it's scary it's scary that that was a real human being that fucking went through you know all that just to recreate a favorite movie of his basically well, and and what's funny is you know and i i think i've mentioned in our past episodes like i've seen some of the videos he's posted because i watch disgusting things on the internet i won't lie but like I had no idea that they were connected to the same person. Mm-hmm. And then on top, and I did know who the person was, you know, from one of the videos and like hearing like the lore about it. But then like the documentary really does this beautiful story, stitching things together. And then, yeah, that last reveal of him reenacting something is like, Oh my good. Like they really dropped the hammer on you there at the end. So um, yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, I've tried to not spoil too much, but like, it's a very good uh, series. I think it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's a Netflix series. Which, hey, listen, the, the first time that I went up to Canada, uh, front of the show, Braden Harrington, he was like telling me about this, and I was just like, I- I've not heard about it. And he was like, Why? He's like, It's like it was the biggest thing here, and I'm like, No, man, sorry, I haven't heard of it. And like, I remember watching it. And binge watching it all in one night and like texting him the next day where I was like, holy shit, like now I now I know what you were talking about. And listen, I've gone out of my way <clears throat> to find those videos too. Whew. Horrific. Horrific. Like it is yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh yeah, it's pretty bad. Um yeah. hey, also like it was around this time last year that uh Tiger King, another Netflix uh, original, became like a giant thing, which like I, I, it seems like a million years ago. It seems like a million years ago. Do you remember at one point? At one point, Dave was re- reached out to like his people, and we we were trying to get an interview with uh, fucking Joe Exotic. Yeah, I, I don't know if we revealed it to anyone, but one, I I reached out to his boyfriend, uh, Dylan, and like if you if you can see him on Instagram, this dude's been hit up by everybody. Like 
he's living the life right now. So I didn't get a response. But I also found out the facility that Joe was at in the in the medical ward that he was in. Because, again, this is like right when COVID started happening. So they kind of quarantined him. And I sent him I sent him a handwritten letter. And, you know, if, if you guys delve a little deeper into the Tiger King story, you know, he he has some professional wrestling ties, oddly enough, you know. So, but we never heard back from him. I, I thought that would have been like a really cool get, but we're always trying to get interesting guests. Yeah, that would have that would have been like that would have been so cool. Yeah, it would have been insane. Like yeah. again, it, Pete, I know some of you guys are like Joe Exotic was a terrible human. Yes, but I, no. listen, everybody on that show was a terrible, terrible human. Joe, yeah. the one thing I will say about Joe Exotic is he was at least honest about it he knew he was yeah. a shitty person and didn't try to hide it he also didn't murder his husband um feed her a lot to tigers yeah and feed him to tigers like allegedly not you know yeah. allegedly someone on that show might have also done that um shout out carol baskins um <laughs> but yeah no I, I saw that pop up where i was just like oh shit i'm like it is the anniversary of that like it's crazy to me that like we've we've basically been in quarantine for about a year now it's insane. Yeah. Like, uh, one of my buddies uh, who lives in New Zealand, Adam, like, they've been normal for, the, for like, months now. And, like, in our group chat, he'll constantly post, like, hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's, like, good for you, man. Like, I am, I, am genu- I am genuinely happy that, like, he gets to do these things because he lives in a country where the fucking people in charge aren't idiots. Like, yeah. I constantly see things and I'm like, man, America is so ghetto. Like we are so like we are so behind on everything. Like it is it is embarrassing sometimes where I'm just like Yeah. Well I'll I'll tell I'll tell you, you know, St. Patrick's Day just happened and it's one of my wife's favorite holidays. One, because she likes to partake and drink every now and again, but also like she just likes the festivity of it. Mm-hmm. And uh she's like, Please can we go to the bar? Uh, last weekend and I was like sure yeah let's go we're gonna wear our masks we're gonna be socially responsible and so we went to this one bar and it was literally two floors packed with people no masks and we were like we gotta get out of here and like I just kept thinking I was like this and I remember this time last year uh, the governor was like disappointed at seeing how many people were at St. Patrick's Day and this was at the very beginning of COVID um, no one had learned their lesson. We, we eventually found a, a bar that had an outdoor beer garden and then they had like heat lamps set like 15 feet apart. So like your group could be at a heat lamp outside, but like, I got to wonder, like we see the numbers going down. I wonder if we're going to get like a little road bump, like a little speed bump here, uh, just from St. Patrick's day. Cause a lot of people were not being responsible. It was I, I don't know when I'm going to feel safe going into a place with a lot of people like that ever again, to be honest with you. No, I, I get what you mean. Like, I definitely, um, like, I've seen friends go out and stuff. And, like, and like, listen, I went, you know, I flew down to Jacksonville and stuff. But, like, I was with with the AEW people who were all vigorously tested, you know? Yes. Like, every, we were tested, and it's just so that was a little comfortable i myself was vaccinated i'm fully vaccinated and i waited like the two weeks because that's the thing too people think like oh you get your vaccinations and you're ready to go you're ready to travel the world you got to get inoculated 
you have to wait like two weeks before you can really like, you know, and I, I waited my two weeks and I don't, I just felt safe. Like I knew I was smart. I wiped all my stuff down, um, washed my hands, wore my mask when I needed to, but I see like videos and shit of people just being out and about, just being fucking wild. And I'm like, I, <laughs> and the no. sad thing is we're so close to the finish line, everyone. Yep. That's that's the bonkers thing. It's like we're we're right at the fin- like you can f- sort of feel like especially like maybe like a month ago, the tipping point started to happen where the vaccines were coming out, the numbers were starting to drop down, and it's like we're right there. Let's not trip and fall and break both our legs before we cross the finish line. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what it is. It's uh. Like when you're a kid, like if you're a kid and uh, your parent, your parents bought you a brand new toy and you're so excited to play with that toy. And they're like, listen, just wait, wait two weeks and then you can play with a toy as much as you want. But you're a kid. So you're just like, oh, no, I need to play with it now. I need to play with it now. Like, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Like I've not like I've gone to Mitsuwa, this like Japanese market or this Asian market um, out here and like. I've dined in there, but only because whenever I go, there's nobody really in the cafeteria, you know, like it's, and it's pretty big and spread out. Like, so that, that has been as like, as much as I've really like gone out quote unquote to eat and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I mean, I'm not a bar person. I, I don't really go out like that. All, you know, all crazy and shit. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, just, good point. Yeah, just, you know, if anyone out there is listening and, like, just be safe, you know. No one, I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their lives. Just be smart, be safe, because, you know, like. Because people are still dying. Yeah. people are, Not as much as before, but, like, again, like, you, people always say, if I handed you a bag of Skittles and said there's one poisonous Skittle in here, the rest are fine. You wouldn't eat that bag. You wouldn't take the chance. Like, and so don't do that now. We're so close to like, you know, getting everyone vaccinated, getting everyone, you know, clear to go. And if you mess around now that you're going to pay for it later, and we're all going to be wearing masks even more than we want to later on. So don't be a dummy. Don't be that dummy. Yeah. Don't, don't be that fucking dummy. Um, but Hey, speaking of dummies, there's a lot of fucking dummies, uh, going online and saying that like this Zack Snyder fucking Snyder cut was terrible or like awful. This was like the worst. And so I was like, and listen, there was people that this, it didn't matter how good or how good, how good or bad this movie was or wasn't because they were, they were going to fucking tell you that it was the worst thing ever, regardless. Like, and it happens. It, it, it just happens. You know, think about it with wrestling. Like, um, anytime something good happens in one company, fans of another company will just shit on it. It it doesn't matter, you know? You can have you you can have someone put on uh, listen this past week, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, they put on a hell of a fucking women's a match. Burn. Oh my god, it was amazing. And people were still like mm, just complain like someone will always find something to complain about. It's the same thing. We get, that, we get in the VIP group a lot too. So we'll get some like New Japan stands. And listen, we love New Japan ourselves too. But just because you like New Japan doesn't mean AEW's shit. Yeah, it, it's no, like we get that a lot. Yeah, it, it's just annoying. But like that's the way the world is. Um, yeah, I went into this movie 
with no expectations because I like I thought fucking uh, Josh Sweden's Justice League was dog shit. Like, yeah, I'm not I've not looked kindly upon a lot of these DC movies. Like I was I was talking with a friend of the show Brody King about it, where I was just like, listen, I was like, I think, and I tweeted about it too. I was like, this that this uh, Snyder cut is the best DC movie uh since the nolan movies you know since the nolan batman movies i'm like i feel like this is the best one like i didn't enjoy wonder woman i like i've tried watching shazam and aquaman and i'm like Ugh. uh the harley quinn movie was fine but it, it was just like one of those things where i went in with zero expectations because i was like it can't possibly get any worse than batman v superman or justice league um and I watched it in two, and I think what helped too is I didn't sit down and watch it in one full four-hour setting. Uh, I, I broke fatigue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could sit down for four hours and watch many things. Like even like when I when I've been binge watching shows like uh, like Westworld or Game of Thrones and stuff, I I'll watch maybe two episodes and then right. you know give it a break. Because even it's happened before where like you you know you're watching an episode of Game of Thrones and you're like. Okay, I'll be done after this, and then fucking the red wedding happens, and you're like, "Well, I guess I have to fucking yep. watch this next episode." Um, but I broke it down into two two-hour increments, and again, also spoilers if, if anyone's not seen it. Like, I love yeah, the movie. Some spoilers. Like, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Like, it is to me a completely different movie than what we saw before. Like, I I was scared that it was just going to be the same film but with kind of scenes rearranged or like a little new footage. It seemed like we got a lot of, like I, I can, I can see what they spent that $70 million on. Um, it felt more cohesive. Like this is still a little slot, like, you know, a little sloppy at some points, but like, I thought, I thought it told the story wonderfully from beginning to end. Batman was definitely like more of a prominent character. And like he, you know, he was just bringing the team together like they didn't they didn't like highlight him as much but like again like you didn't need to because his work was more so i need to get everyone together i need to get like um the the tech side you know like he what was he what was he going to do running into battle with fucking uh steppenwolf like right nothing and it's same thing with flash you know flash it was like no hey this is this is your task on the team to do this you know and like not really confrontational work because like that's just that wasn't his thing um you know that's what you had aquaman and wonder woman and cyborg for and cyborg like such a huge he's the heart of this movie he you know he like got, he got the most shine in this got, movie yeah he got the most shine him and flash and like i loved it like yeah. I, I loved everything about it um you know, like the I love that Martian Manhunter cameoed in it. I wish he would have like done more, but I get so the thing too with this movie is that it was meant to set up, uh, a, like it was supposed to be like a trilogy or no? I, I think he wanted at first he wanted like a five a five part movie, um, right? And then eventually he was like, no, nah, he's like it'll be a trilogy, but it's basically you know it was supposed to be a a, a trilogy, um. Which is why we see that nightmare sequence at the end because I think I I think I might have talked about it on this show. If not, I'm, I know I for sure probably talked about it with you. But like he talked about like all the shit that you wanted to do, where the second film would be all of that nightmare sequence in which we see, um, you know, fucking uh, Aquaman yeah. and Diana die, 
and you have Mara come and help, and I believe that Adam comes into like the help with them. Um, yeah, and there was supposed to be a whole scene where like you you see Robin die from Batman's perspective, where he talks about it. Um, there was just supposed to be a whole big thing with the whole nightmare sequence. That was the second film, and that that is when um you know flash goes back in time and he's just like you know save you know he says like save lois or whatever like that that's what that was then the third film um would be you know flash going back in time and kind of course correcting things um eventually batman gives his life for lois uh lois had lois and clark have a baby um and then he takes up years later he takes up the mantle of batman um how it would have how exactly it would have played out what they would have changed i don't know but like i loved it i i love the movie like again it's like it wasn't perfect but as far as like superhero movies go this one was definitely very enjoyable like and it, it's weird because with it being four hours like the way it's broken up it's broken up into chapters it definitely doesn't feel like four hours um i like i almost it was one of those things where by the time they beat steppenwolf i was like huh i was like oh okay i'm like we still have like a good chunk of time left and you know like it wasn't just like boring exposition for the sake of it you know it was just like no okay here's kind of just this is where all the all the chess pieces are being left um listen i i enjoyed it um i clearly again like had no expectations going into it i know some people were, were more like anal about like it has to be the best movie ever um and maybe you know they were let down but dave how how did you feel about the movie overall so i loved it less than you did i'll put it that way Mm -hmm. i didn't hate it um like i hated justice league and i hated batman v superman um so i will say this movie is 10 times better than the joss whedon cut so i'll give it that um most of my gripes are surface level, but I'll talk about the stuff that I liked first. Like, definitely the cyborg and Flash stuff. Like, I'm not a big cyborg fan. Like, I don't think he belongs in the Justice League. But in this movie, they really, he really ties together things in the in the movie, and he does stuff that like. My big thing is, if you're gonna have a character team up movie each character should have something that they uniquely bring to the team. Right. Otherwise, and this movie still suffers from some of like almost everyone kind of has samey powers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Almost everyone's indestructible except for the flash. Obviously he gets hurt a bunch of times, but like they all can leap over buildings. Uh, you know, Superman's almost as fast as the flash, but also there's, there's a scene where Wonder Woman's doing like the the museum thing, he's saving, she's saving people, and she's just as fast as the Flash almost in some of the sequences. So like stuff like that makes my eyes roll, and I I realize you have a little artistic license, but specifically the way Cyborg was used was great, and he can come off as like a whiny character just as a character because of you know the situation regarding how he becomes Cyborg, but I think they've really balanced it well. Um, Flash, you know, teasing, tapping into the speed force was awesome because that's going to set up, you know, future stuff. Um, Wonder Woman was good. Um, 
as a big Batman fan, I don't like the way Batman's portrayed in any of these movies. He, he kind of comes off as a big dummy. <laughs> and like there's one scene in particular, it was in both the Whedon and the Snyder cut where Superman has regenerated. He comes down and he's confused, right? And he doesn't know who anyone is. So he's just beating up the justice league, but they make a point of like Batman's like backing up. He's like, Oh no, 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 don't, don't fuck me up. And everyone in the justice league jumps in front of him to like shield him. And like Superman's just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm going to beat up Batman. And like Batman just kind of looks like a punk ass, like for a lot of the movie. So that wasn't my favorite part. And he uses a gun so much in the movie that I think it was just Zack Snyder just saying, yeah, you didn't like him using the gun. He's headshotting guys left and right on this one. And they were parademons, so I was fine with that. He wasn't shooting humans. Um, they definitely improved Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf looked like a like a herb in the first movie. This one, they beefed him up. <laughs> they, gave, they gave him that chattering, that chittering armor. Like There's one scene where all the Amazons are just hitting him with arrows and they almost kind of take him down kind of like you know they almost got Thanos and pulled his gauntlet off mm-hmm. it almost seemed like that and then he just flexes and it just cuts all the arrows I was like ah oh, this is like the Steppenwolf like people wouldn't have complained about him as the villain of the first cut if they made him look like this because he was very formidable he was pretty much like trouncing everyone um all the stuff with dark side, you got to see his Omega beams in like a vision sequence, which was super cool. Um, and of course we get to see the black suit, which, you know, everyone was like, what the hell? We, we thought we were going to get the black suit Superman. As far as my quibbles go again, very surface stuff. Uh, like the black suit should never have a cape. Mm-hmm. Superman's black suit should never cape. It would be cool to see uh, Superman with a mullet in his black suit. But one of the things I was confused about was how how long was it since the Doomsday fight until they get his body? Do you know? Do they actually say? Yeah, it hadn't been long. Like it, it, it not a lot of not a lot of time had passed because okay. Yeah, really pull out a fresh body. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, no, they they there is some sort of comment um, about it where we're yeah. like, they, they're like, yeah, not a lot of time has passed since then. Like, okay. yeah, like I would, I would say maybe like maybe weeks, maybe a few weeks, if not like a okay. month. Yeah. Plus, he's Kryptonian. He's not gonna like rot immediately. I guess. No. Yeah. Um. So that happens. Um. One, I've never been a fan of Wonder Woman's theme. To me, it, oh god, they theme, played it so much. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it, it sounds like a villain's theme, which is why I don't like. Like when you first see Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman, it's like what World War Two or something. You have such a great excuse to have a swelling orchestral, like beautiful. For for instance, whenever the Avengers fight, and then you hear tones of the Avengers theme hit, you know, you hear the, dun, 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 and it's just like comforting, right? Even if they're in danger, hers is just, it Every sounds scene. Like a, Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you hear the, the, the women, like if you have uh subtitles on while you watch it, it says lamentations when you hear the women go, <laughs> oh, 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 and it's just like, they'll be fighting and it's a normal scene. And then wonder woman enters frame. And then you just hear lamentations over and over. It was just, it was overdone, and I think those are some of the failures 
of Zack Snyder. Like he clearly he loves slow mo. Like you probably could have cut out an hour of the movie if you took the slow mo out. Um, he loves like overt musical themes, which a lot of people do. But like I think sometimes he makes the wrong choice. Like that dude loves Hallelujah. He loves that, so I could put oh, it in any. I I love I love how much he loves Leonard Cohen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, minor stuff. Uh, a vastly superior movie. I think it could have been pared down like about an hour, and not just for slow mo stuff, but just you know. Um. And then we also we get the scene we we see Martian Manhunter once and then we see him at the end and I kind of rolled my eyes you know he he floats down and he talks to Bruce spoiler alert again sorry but he says I've been I've been called many things by many people and then when he leaves and he goes oh yeah one of the things I've been called is Martian Manhunter and then he flies and I was like oh that was so on the nose to me and this is me fantasy booking and I know people hate that shit too but like John Jones should have said at the end before he left, I've been called many things, but my friends call me John. And then he flies off. That would have been 10 times better in my opinion. Yeah. I, I totally thought that's what he was. I was like, no, I'm like, they're not going to call him Martian Manhunter. I'm like, he's going to say, you know, John. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything in that continuity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like who's calling him Martian Manhunter? He's supposed to not, no one knows who he is. No, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. That, that was one of those yeah. scenes too, where I was like, if again, if it felt, it was very much, hey, we're setting up, you know, we're setting up the next movie. Yeah. But I, I, I will say, oh, and then not a big fan of the Joker scene. I, I'm sorry, like Jared Leto, to me, he just makes the wrong choices in everything he does with the Joker. And then I didn't like, the whole movie was fairly wholesome. There was a lot of bloodshed, but like, you know, having the Joker say, ah, oh, give you a reach around. <laughs> it's like, all right. And then Batman saying, I'm going to fucking kill you. It just seemed like out of left field yeah that that was one of those like i could have yeah i could have done without like but hey you know it's like it's whatever like to, i get it yeah. in, it was in that last x-men movie um like at one point or not at one point at several points they just have everyone start saying fuck like yeah and it's not and it, it felt a little bit more out of place then than it did here um, yeah, but I, I can get that. Like I, well, the odd thing is when people do that and, and it gets a more mature rating, it's the least mature thing you could do. <laughs> it's just drop f bombs left and right. Yeah, like I mean, there's definitely like some swearing here and there. Um, yeah, but but I will say my two biggest gripes before seeing the movie were alleviated. So I've been a big proponent of saying Zack Snyder tends to throw everything in the kitchen sink into one movie and that sounds like a good thing but like for instance like he wasted batman versus superman you kind of can't do that again that's something that should have been a build-up like civil war was a was a beautiful slow burn to cap and iron man fighting and then so when you see them fighting you're more emotionally invested right Mm -hmm. so having having batman put on that suit which means a lot of things to a lot of comic fans that are you know that's the end of the line batman fighting superman i didn't like that um and so when i saw the trailer and you see dark side who's you know he's not super prominent in the movie but he's in there he's the big bad and then also they showed batman sitting on top of the bat tank from dark knight returns and i kept thinking you can't do that you can't just throw thanos into the first avengers movie 
because now what do you build up to, right? But in the movie, they didn't defeat Darkseid, you know, necessarily. They they stopped him for now, and now he's got to take a while to get back there. So that was great. I'm glad that they went that way. Yeah. And that- then the, the Bat Tank, they kind of just showed him standing at the end of the movie. They didn't show him using it. So now you kind of foreshadow maybe the events of Dark Knight Returns, which is something you can do well in the movie universe with that costume. So they didn't they didn't burn it. They didn't burn that opportunity. They they hinted at it and I was I was glad for that. So yeah, like the the two my two biggest worries were those two things and they they landed the they, they stuck the landing. And so like I said, do I think it's the greatest movie ever? No. Do I think it's a country mile better than the Joss Whedon cut? Yes. And I kind of rolled my eyes at the four hour runtime and I do think it's a little self-indulgent and long and there are some pacing issues, but for a four hour movie, it was a pretty quick four hours. Like I was surprised, like I paused it to go to the bathroom. I was like, Oh, I'm three hours through the movie. So, um, it's definitely a net gain. It was good to see it. It was good to see what all the hoopla was about. I don't know if I liked the idea of Superman's son becoming Batman. And there were hints that maybe, Superman's son is not actually Superman's son. Like, I guess, I guess Zack Snyder's pitch was that after Superman dies, he falls in love with Lewis or Lois. Mm-hmm. And maybe that might be his baby. Yeah. There, there were some of that, uh, which is a little thrown inducing, but yeah, you know, I mean, like, listen, it, I would be happy if, if he got to finish telling his story. I, I don't think DC is going to let him like because there was also talks of like he, so he wanted to use John Stewart, uh, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and that was pretty fun too. There were some Green Lanterns in this film as well, yes. which yeah. again it's what he wanted originally, and they were like no, and they cut it out. Um, but he wanted to use John Stewart, and they were just like no, like we have we're doing something with him, um, but you can use Martian Manhunter. So he was like, all right, well fuck it, then I'll use Martian Manhunter. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's that scene, like even in the original one, where like there's Alfred's like you're here, and there's like a shiny green glow, like that was supposed to be a Green Lantern. Um, but well, and there's also, you know, Superman's in the interrogation room uh, with Lois in one of the movies, and then he stands up and he looks at the window, and all the military guys step back except for him. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, you know, hey, I'm a super being too. I'm not that scared of you. And like that type of foreshadowing is cool. Like I like that. That that shows like a little bit of a deft hand. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy I saw it. Like I, I was kind of going in with reservations and, you know, most of my fears were alleviated. He, he Zack Snyder the hell out of that movie. And whether that means you like it or not, in most cases, I li- like I like 300 and I like Sucker Punch, which a lot of people don't. I don't. I think sometimes it doesn't have a place in superhero movies. Um, I will say, okay, one one last gripe. And oh, you're like a planet or a planet full of women. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, and it's something that Marvel does really well, and I don't think DC knows how to do it yet. It's that even in fantastical environments, like uh, we'll say Thor Ragnarok. When he's on that trash planet, it looks like he's on a, tr- a planet full of trash, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you have that thing they call the devil's anus, you know, that little wormhole thing, it looks like an actual physical space. And a lot of times in like the DC movies, it looks like they're on some video game level 
Yeah. Like there, there was a scene where Diana has the arrow, you know, they're doing the, the end of the movie and she's kind of looking towards the mascara and she's standing there outside, but it really looked like she was, she was in the video game level. It's like every, everything looks like a music video pose and like, you know, that's a very Snyder-esque thing, but that, that also carries through, through a lot of the DC movies where it just, you know, they're driving around and it looks like a, like Armageddon happened on some other planet and there's lava flowing out of it. It just look, looks weird. No. Marvel does a really good job of like, it, hey, this looks like a place that's lived in and it doesn't look like artificial. So mm-hmm. I don't I, know how you fix that. I, I I completely get that. If there is some parts where it's like, ah, uh, like that does look a little, that just, it looks too CG. Um, yeah. Like when they're, like when they're Millennium Park, even, even that kind of like, I, like I know they were there filming. So I, I imagine most of that was actually there. Um, yeah. But we'll say, the way that they saturate or desaturate stuff looks weird. Yeah, least, I, don't, I don't know. I I really I really love that whole sequence though. When when uh, Superman comes back and like they're all fighting him specifically because there's the one scene and thank God, thank God they cut out the stupid fucking like. Uh, ooh, could could you beat Superman in a race? Like it it felt so out of place yeah. with in like in Joss Whedon's Justice League where it's like what what are you talking yeah. about? Um, but, uh, well, that, that is one of my favorite parts where flash is running at him and Superman sees him, which I thought was really clever. Cause there was like a, Oh shit moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you see Superman swinging at him and he's almost full speed. You know what I mean? He's like 75% speed. So it tells you flash is a little bit faster than him, but like not much. And I, I like, like flash should be the fastest person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like Superman fast but she shouldn't be that fast but like i liked he was swinging at him and it was like oh he's like oh shit this guy's really fast but um or there's a scene where they all run into him and like even like uh cyborg like fucking thrusts into him and he's just standing there and they're just trying to push him an inch and they couldn't budge him i was like yeah that's that's superman right there like listen i'll say i'm someone who i i'm not a fan of superman like i've always felt he's just so corny and campy he's a boy scout yeah. yeah, but I liked him in this movie. I liked him in this movie. Um, yeah, and Henry Cavill is the most Superman person on the planet. Oh yeah, like he to me he is a perfect Superman and Cyclops. Like if they wanted if they wanted him oh, as yeah. Cyclops, like he definitely he has that fucking chin for for Cyclops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, that, those those are just kind of our thoughts on it. Um, you know, like if you have if you still have reservations, if if for some reason you sat through twenty five minutes of us. Uh, discussing this movie and you, <laughs> yeah and you're still like i don't know like give it a shot you know like it's i i think it'll be worth your time and the best part is that it's broken up into chapters so uh yeah. if you wanted to you know watch an hour a day or something like that by all means you can um and hey if you love you know dave and i discussing movies in depth like this uh again uh patreon.com forward slash pwtcast uh, you know, for as low as five bucks, you get an extra podcast a month or a week, uh, where Dave and I, we talk, uh, movies and shit like that. And that's always pretty fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Hey, thanks. And so thanks everyone who's, who's been listening to us. If you already aren't, make sure you're following us over on social media. We're at PWTcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you can head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, those are very much appreciated. It helps with the algorithm so that people can find us. 
And uh, yeah, again, thank you to everyone who signed up for the for the Patreon already. Uh, you know, it's we're very appreciative of all you friends and fans of the show. And hey, if you can't afford it, don't worry. Like again, there's been some people who are just like, oh man, don't worry. You know, like there there's always time to sign up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, Uncle Dave and Uncle Scrump still love you. Uh, yeah. But Dave, uh, unfortunately, it's come to that time of the week where I've run out of things to say. And uh, I too have run out of things to say. So, all right, you guys. Well, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.